0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Let's move on to the Memorial Cup, the big story of the week. Uh, The stage is now set for the tournament starting on Friday. We've got the Blazers as the host team, the Thunderbirds as the WHL champs, and then coming in from the east, we have the Peterborough Peets representing the OHL and the Quebec Ramparts from the queue. Um, Just to give you a quick rundown of how the tournament works, for this first six days, there's one game a day as the four teams go through their round robin and um, a scoring change this year after going to a three-point system last year they're actually reverting back to a two-point system for this year's tournament so winners get two points whether they win in regulation or overtime and losers get zero points whether they lose in regulation or overtime so it's uh, cut and dried and there's no advantage whatsoever to uh, pushing things beyond 60 minutes all wins count for two and all losses count for nothing um overtime rules do change between the round robin and the playoff round, but uh, in the, in the preliminary round, it's three on three sudden death in 20 minute periods until a winner is decided. There's no shootouts. So um, that's probably one of the reasons why they're not giving anyone any encouragement to go to uh, beyond 60 minutes. Uh, So we could be in for some marathons, depending on how things go. After the preliminary round, the top three teams will advance out of the four. Um, If a tiebreaker game is necessary, it'll be played on June 1st. Then the semifinal goes June 2nd, and that's two versus three. Uh, And then the winner of that game will play the first place team in the championship game on Sunday, June 4th. All the games will be broadcast nationally on TSN in Canada and on NHL Network in the U.S. And uh, if you want... More information on the teams from the OHL and the QMJHL. Please check out the other podcasts in our family. Uh, Tony Ferrari and Brock Otten have you covered for uh, the Peterborough Peets and the O. And Will McLaren and Jamie Tozer will cover the Remparts on THN on the Q. The Memorial Cup pr- is coming up. It starts at the end of the week.
2: And the Peterborough Peets will be representing the OHL. What do you think of their chances in the o- in the Memorial Cup?
3: Well, I mean, they're pretty good. Uh, Any team that's going to the Moral Cup, I think, has a chance. I think that there are a lot of different factors that go into how a team plays in the Mem Cup. Um, One, how they adjust to things like the time change and the travel. Two, you know, how healthy they are and how much of a rest they got. I mean, you look at Kamloops, the hosts, they didn't have to do battle the way that Seattle, Quebec, And Peterborough did, right, Um, with their, we'll call it early-ish exit in the WHL playoffs, right? Um, So they're going to be well-rested. And that's really helped some hosts in recent years. Um, Seattle probably, I would say, is the favorite on paper, at at least in my opinion. I I think that this is a team that is just so solid from top to bottom. Um, Thomas Milich is playing out of his mind right now for them. Um, they run uh, an offensive unit as deep as Peter if not deeper, they've got talent on the back end that I think definitely dwarfs some of the teams coming from the other regions. Uh, so I, if I were to pick a favorite, I would say it's definitely Seattle. Uh, but I do think Peter has a chance. I, I think that they are an aggressive and a physical team, which is going to bode well when it comes to matching up against those two Western powerhouses. And, um, I think that they have managed to stay pretty healthy going through these playoffs, which is obviously important too.
2: Yeah, I think the big thing for Peterborough is they are the the most physical team of, of the bunch, in my opinion. But I think they also have the advantage of playing the most simplistic hockey. And that's not meant to be an insult at all. I think they play a very standard brand of hockey they know they're going north south they're attacking the net they're playing a a game that isn't predicated on super high skill moves isn't predicated on on a single guy standing out and doing everything they've got we've talked about a number of them and we'll get to them when we talk about some players to watch in a a minute here but they've got a number of players up and down this lineup that really could just impact the game i think that's going to be the difference maker for the pedoro petes are they the favorite probably not I, i i agree with you the seattle thunderbirds are loaded that team is is jacked it's it's insane some of the talent they have on that team they brought in the guys like brad lambert and dylan genther they, they've they got existing talent like kevin Korczynski. it's going to be a really hard time beating them but if a team's going to do it we see it in the playoffs all the time whatever league we're in whether it's the ohl whl nhl ahl whatever it may be sometimes a team can just get in there forecheck you to death beat you down and absolutely steal a, go- a couple games and then the tournament like the memorial cup a couple games is your tournament. Like that could be over and the can go in there and do, do, do that to the Seattle Thunderbirds. It could be a, a, an opportunity for them to win. So I certainly think there's a chance, maybe even if they aren't a the favorite, but let's get to some X factors. Who do you think is one player to watch so far uh, just to start things off?
3: Yeah, I think the first name to throw it is Owen Beck and it's a name we haven't talked about because one, I don't think he's been as good in the OHL playoffs as I, I think many of us thought he would be, or, hoped he would be uh two he's been suspended and that is likely to to carry over to the memorial cup um he's got to step up his game for for peterborough to triumph over some of these juggernauts from the other chl leagues uh, he's somebody who is capable uh, of more than he's giving currently and obviously he's a highly touted nhl prospect he was having a good year before the move to peterborough and I don't know if he's necessarily fit in as well as many people thought he would. I think that there's still that potential for him to be in the NHL next year. And I know that a lot of Montreal Canadian fans are already penciling him into sort of that bottom six role. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you'd think the way that he plays the playoffs would be sort of a haven for him. But thus far he, he hasn't been uh as good as i i thought he would be so given that he's going to be coming off a suspension at some point during this tournament or sometime during the beginning of this tournament anyway uh, i think he's definitely x factor number one for me
2: yeah i think it's going to be interesting with him because he does play that playoff brand hockey i, I talked about many a times that the Peterborough repeats are peaking at the perfect time the team that's been kind of up and down not really been able to mesh is finally meshed together and the one really missing piece from that that uh, equation has been Owen Beck. We've seen guys like Brendan Othman come together, a- Avery Hayes. They've had great playoffs. Owen Beck's the one guy that hasn't. And One of the guys that I want to talk about is Brendan Othman. This kid's been absolutely fantastic in the playoffs. Like you said, he, sometimes his antics take away from his overall game, but that's the kind of thing that works in the playoffs. We saw him in the box to end the, the OHL final. Just kind of getting into it behind the net. He's constantly engaging physically. He's constantly being a super pest. And he's putting up a lot of points as well. If he can stay out of the box and be that offensive difference maker that we know he can be, the Rangers prospect is going to be one of the best players at this at this event. He's going to be one of the most entertaining players at this event, and it's going to be a really big deal for the Peterborough Peats if they can get this guy going in there, get towing the line, not quite crossing it, but still getting under the skin of the opponents because there may not be a better player in this entire Memorial Cup at doing that than a, than Brendan Hoffman.
4: Yeah, you used the line
3: that I was going to use, and that's towing the line. And that's something that Othman just absolutely has to do. Uh, in a short tournament like the Memorial Cup, you just cannot put your team on a disadvantage. And he needs to play that pest role, and he needs to excel in that role. But he needs to do it without, like you said, and like I said earlier, the antics, right? The the spear to the groin that he gave Logan Mayu <laughs> that didn't get called, the you know the the scrum behind the net that you know uh i i think london probably takes that trade off with yeah. considering who he went to the box with late in that game uh, with offman being such an important player for the Peets. I, I mean if london scores there how bad does often feel that he's sitting in the box watching them tie that up right so um yeah i i think that he's definitely a, a good choice along with owen beck i, I think the third one that i'm going to go with um is Tucker Robertson and we've mentioned him a whole bunch but you know he's been probably the most consistent player in the OHL playoffs thus far and he's the kind of guy that excels in all situations for Peterborough right they they need a big face off it's it's Tucker Robertson they need a big penalty kill it's Tucker Robertson he's on that top power play unit he's in front of the net tipping home goals like he did in game six right he is He is that guy for Peterborough. He's been captain clutch for them and um, he's going to have to continue to, to be that at the moral cup for them to find success.
2: Yeah. I I think Tucker Robinson has been absolutely fantastic. And another guy that was very good throughout the OHL playoffs, especially in the final was J.R. Avon. And I think this is another guy that goes to show you the depth of this Peterborough team. They've got a number of guys who can attack offensively in the, the Peterborough hometown kid, Jerry Avon, is one of those guys. He got two breakaway goals in, this, in the final series. One of the most exciting players when he's on his game. I think he could be the the X Factor, the secret weapon that the Peterborough Pete's need to kind of produce some of that secondary scoring at a really high level. He's showed off the skill. He showed off the speed throughout this, this year he's a guy that I think we've all kind of been waiting to fully bring his game all together because there's so many flashes of this really high end player. We just haven't quite seen it yet. So could the Memorial Cup be that that time when he's able to do it after what we saw him do earlier in the OHL playoffs? It's going to be really interesting because he's definitely a guy to watch.
3: Yeah, I think he's the one guy on Peterborough that you you really need to game plan for, too. When we're talking about the other teams, you know, watching video and, and strategizing. Avon speed is such a difference maker for the Pete's. And with some of these teams, or all of these teams, I should say, not really being familiar with a lot of these OHL players outside of maybe some international appearances together. You know, he's the one guy that that those Western and, and Western teams in Quebec really need to make sure that they are ready for, because he's going to catch defenders flat-footed. And he's the type of guy that in a short tournament like this, I I think could have a really strong performance.
2: All right, Brock, before we move on from the Memorial Cup and the Peterborough Peets, where do you think they get to in this tournament? Do you think they reach the final and do you think they win it? I think they reach the
3: semifinals. Um, If I was giving a prediction right now, I'm going to say it's a Kamloops-Seattle all-dub final. Um, That's nothing against Quebec. It's nothing against Peterborough. Uh, I just look at those two rosters and, and think these are the two top teams. I've kind of felt like all year that whoever comes out of the dub was going to have a really good chance at, at a Memorial Cup this year. And uh, I think that's sort of where my head is is at currently.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a, a all-WHL final. But I do think if one of the two teams of uh, uh, the, the OHL or the QMJHL are able to break into that that group, I think it's going to be the Peter Roe Pete. I think if Michael Simpson has a good Memorial Cup, he could be kind of a difference-making factor in net w- with the depth of scoring and the physicality that they play with. The end of the day, though, I do think the Seattle, Seattle Thunderbirds end up taking it, but you can't count out the Kamloops Blazers because they've got Owen be- or o- Olin Zellweger and Logan Stankoven, who led the WHL in playoff scoring despite not making the final. So th- there's a lot of firepower out west. It's going to be an entertaining event, though.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'm psyched.
2: We know what Quebec's capable of. Let's talk
5: a little bit some of the players to watch from the Rampur for the benefit of everybody not familiar with the queue who could be watching this. And also, as hard as it is to uh, to predict, where do you think this team could could uh, stand up uh, against these three formidable foes?
4: Yep. I well Quebec. They're very well balanced. They're very good up front and on the back end, and uh, they've got a lot of depth in both areas. They're they're big and they're experienced. Um, but they've also got that skill. Uh, but we've seen them at times throughout the playoffs, especially in that Gatineau series. When when they have to get physical, they can really crank up the physical play. And I thought, um, compared to Halifax, they're much more physical. Um, and I think that bodes well for them going to a tournament where there's two WHL teams, which, as we know, are typically more physical um, than the Eastern teams. So I think that that bodes well for them. Uh, William Russo is a very good goaltender as well. Uh, two guys that... W- are, are certainly going to be expected to perform up front. Justin and James Malatesta, who had very good playoffs. Um, and their defense is going to be kind of interesting because we know that they're hurting a little bit. Nicholas uh, who was very good in these playoffs, but he missed a couple games in the, in the third round. Uh, he's probably still hurting. Komarov and Truchon both missed some time as well. Um, and we know that they're both still hurting. So I think their defense is, is a, a little bit, of a concern, just health wise, even if they're all, uh, even if they're all going to dress, I, I don't know if they're going to be 100. But they have a team up front that still plays well defensively, um, so I think they're, I think they're going to have a really good, good shot at this tournament. We know Q teams have had very good success in recent years as well, um, but I don't know if we're going to give predictions here. But I think, uh, I think Seattle, Seattle has been my pick to win the Memorial Cup since, uh, since the Christmas trade deadline. There, I think they have arguably arguably the best roster heading into this tournament that we've seen in, in recent memory.
5: Don't disagree with pretty much any of that. The one thing that I will say in terms of the Rampard, and I mean, we, we know what their strengths are, but um, one, but a couple of things that they are probably going to run into in this tournament that they did not run into as much. You mentioned the physicality uh, side uh, against Gatineau. Absolutely, Jamie, they're going to have to play a physical game. Uh, which could grind on you know, guys like Savon Truchon who have misconstr- missed some time. Um, now, you could balance that by saying looking at a guy like Evan Noss and Thomas Darcy, uh, Darcy especially more of a depth guy, but a guy who can be relied on for you know at least you know a dozen minutes a night. Mm-hmm. Both of those guys spend extended periods of time on, on uh, the injured reserve. So uh, you know, maybe not quite as banged up, or maybe able to uh, recover a little bit better than uh, some of their uh, fellow blue liners. Hard to say. And they've also got a guy in uh, Jeremy Linwall in the third pairing, an Arizona draft pick, who uh, I found Patrick Wall really conserved his minutes throughout that playoff series. Yeah. He did uh, score uh, a big goal here uh, in uh, I believe it was Game Six. Um, he, he was a threat, especially once he got to Quebec during the trade period after coming over from Cape Breton was basically a threat more often than not offensively, especially uh, when he uh, took to the ice and uh, as Patrick was said uh, talking to him before the playoffs. Uh, he basically gave, Langlois given them more than he expected. He thought maybe some, uh, a bit of uh, a leaky defensive uh, mindset and wasn't the case at all. He's just, he's in the right place now, I think. And uh, you know, hopefully some of those those depth guys can, uh, can rise to the occasion. It's going to be necessary no matter what, in, in a best-on-best single-game elimination sort of scenario, which yeah. of course the Memorial Cup gets to be once you get out of the round robin. Um, but, um, I think Quebec might have kind of a perfect storm that could allow them to weather, to weather that yeah. and as far as William Russo goes, um, again, going back to that Gatineau series, Jamie, uh, he's a guy who, uh, typically doesn't face a lot of shots. Um, you know, 20, 25 shots for William Russo in the regular season was a busy night. Um, and even in the final. Like the Quebec's defense was able to shut down um, from a shots on goal standpoint, the top offensive team in the league in the Halifax Mooseheads. But during the Gatineau series, um, Gatineau was still getting a lot of shots on net. And there were a couple of 40 save situations that William Rose, Russo had to rise to the occasion for against equally um, lethal uh, scorers. And he accounted himself very well, and th- those were all close games as well, just like they were in the final. So, it, to be able to change the mentality of being used to fa- being used to face uh, fewer shots, to possibly being peppered, and you look at a team like Seattle as the one the obvious choice when you talk about that. It could happen to him, yep. and I think he does have not only the right mentality, but the right network of people behind him. Led by, arguably the king of uh, mental yeah. preparation in Patrick Waugh, to uh, to allow him to withstand that. So it's be very interesting to see. And as we've said throughout these playoffs, Patrick Waugh for me remains an X factor. I agree with you. I'm kind of picking Seattle here. Sorry to the Q guys. Uh, Seattle's just one of the best constructed teams we've I've ever seen. Really following this yeah. tournament for 30 years almost um they're gonna be very t- difficult to beat but you know what don't count out the rampart because there's a few aces up their sleeve and there's quite a few aces up the sleeve of the guy who's running things behind the bench
4: patrick was got memorial cup experience too i think we a lot of us forget about mm-hmm. that almost almost 20 years ago not if you live
5: in monk not if you live in Moncton, you don't forget about it <laughs> as i was back at the uh, at the time um yeah basically uh, Coaxed the game of Cedric Desjardins' life out of him in the uh, final that afternoon. Um, but absolutely. And, you know, talk about Patrick Waugh. What's he going to do next? Is this it for him? There's a little extra motivation perhaps behind that Quebec bench. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays down here. And we will get to all the action starting Friday night. As we mentioned, the rampart will face the Blazers in the tournament opener. And uh, can't wait to see what happens.
1: Uh, like I said, go to our OHL and QMJHL experts if you want more on Quebec and uh, Peterborough. And uh, then we can go back to where, where we shine the best, which is uh, here in the dub and uh, our Seattle Thunderbirds Memorial Cup preview.
0: Yeah, so this will be the Thunderbirds' third opportunity in the Memorial Cup. Um, they're still looking to win their first title. Uh, so... Based off of how they played this year, I think they have a pretty good shot of it, uh, especially after that uh, dominating performance against Winnipeg in the, in the uh, WHO final. So their appearances, they first uh, were in the tournament back in 1992 when they hosted, and then they also made it uh, back in 2017. An interesting fact about that 1992 series was that Kamloops won its first Memorial Cup. Uh, during that uh, tournament, which was held in Seattle. So, you know, maybe a little bit of history repeating itself with roles reversed where Seattle could win their first Memorial Cup in Kamloops. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, how Seattle got here was that they swept Kelowna and Prince George through the first two rounds, took down Kamloops in six and six, and then, as mentioned, eliminated Winnipeg in five games. Uh, they come into the Memorial Cup with a ton of momentum, having won four straight games. Uh, and they also uh, finished the WHL playoff with a perfect round, uh, when lead, uh, perfect record when leading after the first period, going eight and zero over their uh, nineteen playoff games. Um, and then one last note about Cam uh, about the Seattle Thunderbirds: they like to win big, as eleven of their sixteen victories were by three or more goals during the postseason.
1: Uh, Yeah, and another advantage that Seattle may have compared to Peterborough and Quebec, of course, is the fact that uh, they'll be in familiar territory. They're back in Kamloops less than three weeks after they beat the Blazers in the Western Conference final, and they finished that series at the Sandman Center as well. Um, They won two out of the three games that they played against the Blazers in Kamloops. So uh, I'm sure after having one celebration for the uh, Western Conference trophy, Um, I'm sure that will stick in their minds and they would really love to hoist the Memorial Cup on that same sound center ice on June the 4th. Um, Now let's take a look at a couple of the players to watch who we mentioned briefly earlier, a couple of guys who have been with the the Thunderbirds for a bit and uh, are not the uh, high profile trade targets who get talked about all the time.
0: Yeah, so uh, we mentioned both of these off the top of the show. We'll start with Montreal Canadiens prospect, uh, Jared Davidson. Not only has he uh, been contributing offensively with 23 points in the 19 games, he's developed into one of the best shutdown centers in the WHL and was one of the best shutdown centers in the playoffs. Uh, won 54.6% of the 438 faceoffs he took and had a plus-minus rating of plus 17 he was a key member of the Thunderbirds penalty kill, and he helped limit the dangerous ice power play to just two goals on 18 attempts in the WHO final. So he is going to be super key um, with all of these teams that are some of the heaviest hitters in the CHL coming to uh, the Memorial Cup. And then on the back end, we'll look at Jeremy Hansel. Uh Despite the Thunderbirds having three drafted players on the blue line, Hansel has been seattle's best defenseman throughout the playoffs and you know arguably maybe even the regular season uh he led all defensemen on the thunderbirds in goals with five and points with 22 despite being used in a matchup role against the opposition's top players which tells you that he's able to take uh full advantage of his opportunities uh a 2003 born undrafted uh, player he is draft eligible so the hope is that this memorial cup can boost his draft stock and maybe get him into that uh, drafted category, kind of like a Thomas Millage.
1: Uh, now you've got an under the radar player from player from Seattle as well for us, who's also an undrafted guy.
0: Yeah, so uh, Kyle Kornkovic. Uh, this will be his final few games in the in the CHL as he is a 2000 born uh, winger. Um, so this is a guy who has really stepped up as the playoffs have gotten longer. So. Later on into the series, this is where he really has thrived. So through the first two series, he had two goals and four points in eight games, which is you know pretty good—half a point in a game. I, I wouldn't say that that's a that's a bad turnout. But against Kamloops and Winnipeg, he had four goals and eleven a point, eleven points in eleven games. He also scored in both of the clinching games versus Kamloops, uh, where he scored the game winner, and then added the empty netter in game five versus Winnipeg. So. We'll definitely have to watch him uh, and see what he has for an encore as his WHO and CHL career comes to a close here in the Memorial Cup.
1: Yeah, and um, he was brought in by uh, by Seattle at the uh, end of last summer, um, played most of his WHL career with Saskatoon and then uh, was uh, traded for by the Thunderbirds in exchange for Connor Roulette and a draft pick. He's, it's a bit of an under the radar deal compared to uh, the Gunthers and Lamberts and Prokops and Allens of the world. But uh, like you said, he's been really prominent in this playoff run so far. And I think uh, a lot more people are gonna uh, get to know his name over the next 10 days or so. Um, What's what's Seattle's Achilles heel? If you were coaching uh, Kamloops or Quebec or Peterborough, how would you try to uh, take advantage?
0: Well, we all know that Seattle is a very physical team. And... That's great, but they have a lot of issues staying out of the penalty box. So they were shorthanded sixty-eight times over the nineteen games, so about three and a half per game, which I mean isn't great. If you're giving your opportunity, if you're giving your opponents, especially these high-powered offenses, three to four power play opportunities per game, eventually they're going to burn you, regardless of how good your penalty kill is. Um, they did have an eighty-five percent. But as mentioned, you know, they can't be giving these opportunities away. Like players are going to be, uh, these are the best of the best that are coming to the Memorial Cup. So it's it's just going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see if they adjust their physicality level, if they adjust how they play, or if they just say, you know what, we're strong enough on the penalty kill. We have faith in our penalty killers that we're not going to change anything about their about their game. They're involved in a lot of, you know, those after whistle scrums, you see a lot of players being taken off where it's two players will be taken off, but we'll also see how that relates if the referees in the Memorial Cup decide to just take one to kind of send a message. So yes, this is definitely a concern going into the Memorial Cup if you're Seattle, but hopefully they don't, you know, sit back and lose that physicality because that is something that definitely played a massive factor in them getting to this point.
1: Yeah, it certainly it seemed like there was lots of emotion in the uh, in the final series in the O and the Q. But uh, I imagine the unfamiliarity is not the same as the uh, you know sort of hate that will already burn between uh, between Seattle and Kamloops when they uh, when they face off in the last game of the round robin. So uh, that will be an interesting sort of dimension of that as well. So um, let's take a look at Kamloops as well. And and as mentioned, even though they're in as the host city, they are certainly well-deserving of being
0: there. Yes, so this is the seventh time that Kamloops will be appearing in the Memorial Cup. And they've won uh, three titles with the most recently be, uh, coming in 1995 uh, in Kamloops. So hopefully some uh, repeated... Uh, they're hoping for a repeated history uh, for sure uh, when it comes to winning the Memorial Cup at home. Uh, and we'll kind of see what uh what type of home crowd uh and what type of atmosphere they're able to produce in Cam over this memorial cup
1: Um, Yeah, those those 90s years were crazy, too, because that 95 um, Memorial Cup was the climax of three wins in four years. And so to dominate like that and to be able to get that last win in front of uh, in front of the home crowds, that's the kind of thing that legends are made of. And uh, we still hear about that to this day. And it still is part of what makes the junior hockey culture so strong in Kamloops and has sort of led back to them being the host city now.
0: Yes, um you know who has a lot of history with repeat uh uh winners you know you look back at the team that I know that my dad watched uh growing up in the new Westminster Bruins uh their domination over um uh over a massive span in the 80s so you know these it's really it's really cool to see when teams can pull off uh, multiple victories in a short span especially at the Memorial Cup when considering how much
1: turnover there is between the roster year per year, and um, uh, yeah, yeah. So just run us through uh, how how Camloops got there, what uh, where where they're they're at right now.
0: Yeah, so um, the uh, how Kamloops got to the Memorial Cup. Obviously, they were the hosts, so regardless of how they did in the playoffs, they were going to be here. But they didn't take that as an opportunity to lay back. As they swept the Vancouver Giants and Portland Winterhawks in the first two rounds before falling to the Seattle Thunderbirds four to two in the uh, Western Conference Final. But you know, put up a fight and weren't really stayed in games and showed. Seattle that they are uh, ready for whatever they can throw at them at the Memorial Cup. Uh, This will be an interesting um, situation to watch because they have had 18 days before games. So their last game was May 8th. Their next game is going to be May 26th. So we'll see if there's some rust or maybe some uh, lack of focus that comes maybe in the first uh, period of the game, but I'm sure that uh, they know what's at stake and they're going to kick their game up a notch like they did in that Western Conference uh, final. So, uh, just some facts about Kamloops from this postseason. Despite playing fewer games than Winnipeg, Seattle, and Saskatoon, they finished with the most power play goals in the playoffs with 21. Uh, in seven of their first eight games this postseason, they scored five or more goals. So, like Seattle, they have no problem putting the puck in there, uh, in the net. And as mentioned, Logan Stankoven led the WHL playoffs in points with 30 in 14 games, while Olin Zellweger was just one behind him, uh, tied for second with 29. So... Very exciting to see what Kamloops is able to bring to this Memorial Cup, that's for sure.
1: All right, and we got a couple of players to watch from the Blazers.
0: Yeah, so we'll jump to uh, Washington Capitals prospect Ryan Hofer, uh, the other part of the Olin Zellweger trade that went to uh, Kamloops. So he finished the playoffs with eight goals and 15 points in 14 games. And with most of the opposition's attention being focused on Stenkoven, Hofer will need to step up and produce against favorable matchups if if the countless Blazers want to advance to the Memorial Cup final. And then of course, most important position on the ice goaltender, Dylan Ernst. A uh, great opportunity for him to boost his draft stock with a uh, strong tournament. The 19 year old, this will be a second time through. In uh, 14 games, he had a save percentage of 913 and was the first goalie to record a win against Seattle in this year's playoffs. In the short tournament format, like the Memorial Cup, goaltending plays such a key factor. So he'll need to bring his A game every night if the Blazers want to escape away as champions in front of their hometown uh, fans.
1: Uh, and then you've got a uh, under the radar player as well. I know this is a guy that you really like.
0: Yeah, somebody that uh I am a huge fan of and that is uh Toronto Maple Leafs prospect Fraser Minton. So he's had a quiet playoff so far only with four points in 10 games. Uh now this could have been due to an injury as he missed Kamloops' first round series with Vancouver uh with an injury. Um so we'll see if the 18 days off and some rest have gotten him back to full health, but you know, he's a player that he's is going to be so crucial for Cam loops, even though he even if he might not produce the points just as play on the penalty kill in matchup rules that's just he plays such an important uh role on this Loops Blazer team and uh we'll see if that uh contributes uh to if he's able to contribute with points or if it's just his strong overall two-way game that uh really makes a difference in this uh short tournament and uh and what
1: do you think is uh, the question mark or the weakness for the Blazers?
0: For the Blazers, um, it is their offense from the blue line outside of Olin Zellweger. Now, this is not uncommon in the WHL. There are a lot of teams that rely heavily on only one defenseman, but through the entire postseason, uh, Kamloops has only gotten one goal from a defenseman not named Olin Zellweger, and that was Kyle Masters who scored in game four versus Portland. So they went the entire series against Seattle without having a defenseman score a goal. In total uh, Fenders only produced 16 points over the 14 games, which isn't great. You want some type of offensive production from the blue line. We we know how good Olin Zellweger is, but let's say that he plays 30 minutes. That's still 30 minutes that you need to find production from your uh, blue line. So as much as he can put up the points for Kamloops to really uh, show that they're how that they're dominant and that they can go all the way their defense has to chip in with some points here or there because you know a, two or three goals from the defenders could be the difference between advancing or uh, or leaving the tournament early
1: yeah, and especially in a one game format like this or a single game round robin, um, every, the importance of every game, every period, every shift is uh, is so elevated. But um, uh, like, as you mentioned on the positive side, what Kamloops obviously has going for it is the home ice advantage and a, a very passionate fan base that will, uh, supports them all the time and is gonna be super, super excited to see them in this environment. So it was interesting to take a look back and see um, how often home teams actually do win the Memorial Cup, and over the last ten years, we've had three. So it pretty much, you know, everybody kind of gets their turn if you if you want to look at it that way. Like it, it's at least as often, if not a little more often, than the uh, the teams that qualify as champions. Schwinnigan won in 2012. The Windsor Spitfires won in 2017, and uh, the Saint John Sea Dogs won last year. Um, The tournament was canceled in 2020 and 2021, so all told, the Q has won the last three Memorial Cup titles dating back to 2018. The OHL won three straight before that, so you have to go all the way back to the Edmonton Oil Kings in 2014 for the last WHL win. So uh, with uh, Kamloops and Seattle vying for that title, we'll see if they can bring the, uh, the pride back to Western Canada this year.